You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Welcome into the Online Enquirer podcast. Jeremy Warner, Derek Piper. Bonjour, I should have said, Derek, as we start this one. Is, is Illinois finds a French connection, gets Zachary Perrin, a six foot ten ish, six eleven ish, two hundred thirty pound power forward, seventeen years old, going to turn eighteen uh, before the season. But a really intriguing international man, a mystery that we've been hearing about at least behind the scenes for a little bit. Derek, you've been talking about him on the site for the last couple of weeks. But before we get into what Zachary Perrin brings to the program, because he's a very intriguing talent, and we'll talk about just this crazy offseason that's gone crazily well for Illinois. How did this go down? Like, what is the French connection here with the Illini staff? I think you look at Jeff Alexander with his international connections, a guy that prior to being an assistant in Illinois, looked back to his time at Evansville, made a Really big splash there by getting a Lithuanian big man who was an all-Missouri Valley type of guy, first team twice, and led the country in rebounding actually back in 2016. So Jeff is well-versed in the international scene. And as you pushed into the offseason and wanted to add another piece in the front court, there was talk, of course, at one time, could Illinois potentially swing both Pete Nance and Matthew Meyer? Once you got Meyer, it seemed like Pete Nance was out of the mix. And as you really saw the transfer portal really get more advanced towards the summer. And a lot of guys had made their decisions. I think that Illinois had some issues with selling too much guaranteed playing time. And then also the options were really dwindled down. So uh, Zachary Perrin was someone that Adidas next generation, uh, the Euro basketball event, he was the MVP there. And I think that's really where he made a splash to some of these colleges and uh, it seemed that Illinois at that point in time or thereabouts got involved with him and UCLA was in the mix. Texas made a late push as well. So uh, Illinois building the relationship via Zoom. I mean, Zachary's never been on campus here at Illinois, so they were recruiting him that way. And then he had to navigate some things with potential NIL, being an international student on a student visa. There's some uh, hoops to jump through there. It's not completely out of the question because you can do it if you uh, go a certain way about it. And then Uh, Also, he had some professional opportunities too. a guy that was playing the second tier league in France and someone that, as we're going to talk about, is has a promising skill set, someone that people are very intrigued about. So Illinois working their way through it and uh, ultimately they were able to get this done. But I think that Jeff deserves a good feather in this cap as we're waiting for. I know a lot of people on the board. When's Jeff Alexander going to make his big first real recruiting splash? And as we diagram could have been Jeremy Fears at one time and. Uh, that's not to take away from Jeff, you know, assisting in some of these other recruitments as well, but dipping into their international pool. I don't think it'll be the last time. I think that's something he wants to do going forward as well. Yeah, I want to dive into that. Uh, but he also gets a, a huge assist uh, on Kofi Coburn coming back for a third year, which worked out pretty well for Illinois. Uh, I think somebody said this on the board. When Jonathan Gavoni breaks a commitment about your school, that's a, that's a good thing. Gavoni, the lead draft expert, uh, and he got this scoop. Um, and uh, I know, Derek, you knew that was going to come, but I, I think that's a good thing. And, and part of the story that, that Jonathan wrote is that this kid was just six foot four. 
a couple of years ago and has really sprouted. And, and as you said, uh, has really done well in the international scene for the last year. He played in France's you know, second-tier professional league, which is a developmental league for a lot of those guys. Averaged 21 points, 11 rebounds, 3 assists. Now, the level of competition's not as good as, say, what he's going to play here, but he is playing older guys uh, over there as well. Shot 59% from the field. But you mentioned it, the Adidas Next Generation Tournament, a big international tournament in April. He averaged 18 points, 11 rebounds, two assists, uh, a block, a steal. Uh, And then he played for the U18 team for France last year and averaged 9.6 rebounds. So he's doing it against really, really good competition. So what does he bring to the program? What does Illinois envision Zachary Perrin can add to the program? They really like the fact that at six foot ten, he has an ability to play inside and out. Now he is going to have to add some strength to be able to bang in the middle there in the Big Ten. But his footwork's really good. I think that his ability to make moves and get to his left hand or right hand, which he uses both very, very well, uh, is something that he can do. But he can also face up and has an ability to by putting the ball in the deck and go by some bigger guys. And uh, you see some baseline drives, and he has nice reverse finishes, or he can drive down the middle of the lane spin move and, and create that separation. And I think that as time goes on, we'll see if that jump shot, which he's flashed at times in the mid range, he's shown the ability to hit some threes at times. If that can become more consistent, then he's really fitting into, I think he does as well. You know, even if he's just a limited shooter as someone that can space the floor or somebody that opens this thing up because he's a great passer. I think he's somebody that as you look at this transformation of Brad Underwood's offense and what he wants the big man to look like, I think he wants to play a lot of five out. He wants to have a ball in a guy like Dane Danger or now Zachary Perrin's hands at high post or even extended beyond the perimeter and letting guards cut to the basket and and run some action for wings and really just space that whole floor out. So uh, I think that he can really do that. And and you think about pick and roll game, which he's able to do. The short roll is something that he does very, very well because and if if people aren't familiar with that, it's where the the guard – penetrates off and the the big guy maybe takes two three steps and if they come and trap that guard you hit the big man and all of a sudden he's a facilitator he's got a an advantage against the defense to where he can put on the floor he can pass or or do some things uh potentially with that jump shot as well so uh that's where the staff is really intrigued and defensively again he needs to add strength but he's 610 611 his wingspan is 72 73 range i was told and he moves his feet decently well for his size so uh, he, he's got a, a decent package of just traits and promising upside that I think long-term, I, I don't know, we can talk about what he can maybe be in year one, but I think a couple years down the road or really a year with Fletch, I, I'd be really curious to what he looks like next year and, and maybe making a decent contribution. Let's just put it this way. This is a different level of developmental big for Illinois basketball than, than some of the guys they, they needed to add, right? Like this is a very talented one. I don't know if we mentioned it yet, but UCLA, Texas, Memphis, Florida, BYU, like these are our teams that are routinely making the NCAA tournament. And some of them going very far. Derek all wanted this guy from the sounds of it. And it sounds like Texas, UCLA that you've said are, are were the kind of the two top ones. That's a pretty dang good recruiting win when you're, you're getting a kid to come from the French Riviera, not to Austin, um, not to Westwood, uh, he, not L.A., and, and now you're going to Champaign, which uh, could be a little bit of a culture shock for a kid used to the French beach. But um, kudos to Illinois for, for their sell of development. Uh, as you said, maybe NIL plays a role in this, and that seems to be going in Illinois' favor in, in a lot of these recruitments this offseason. 
So what do you think? I can't, what does he need to do to carve out a short-term role? Can he be the third big guy uh, in that rotation? And how does he complement what they have long-term in the front court alongside with, you know, Dane Danger, I would say. Coleman Hawkins don't know how much longer he'll be around. He hopes it's not that long, but like Dane Danger, Ty Rogers, eventually Marez Johnson, right? Yeah, I think that in terms of this year, I think we'll see how he adjusts to trying to get stronger and the time that he's going to be able to. And it's not going to be a ton of time because he's going to arrive in August and then it'll be the season in a couple of months. But I'm sure that Fletch will be able to get with him and try to add some more strength. And and then also just competing against a different level of competition, how he adjusts to that, playing in practice against Danger and Hawkins and Matthew Meyer. And, and he'll really get pushed and uh, we'll see what that looks like as far as if he can compete and just provide some minutes. Because as it looks right now, Dane Danger, Coleman Hawkins, your primary options at the five. Coleman, of course, will play some four, but I think he'll slide a lot to five with Meyer and Ty Rogers being guys that are going to play a lot of minutes. And then it's beyond that of who can play the five spot in a pinch. Is it going to be Zachary Perrin? I, I'd be surprised if it's Brandon Lee, although he's, he's got a chance to show that he's more ready for that. Uh, than he has been in previous seasons. But uh, Perrin probably at the outset jumps over Lee in terms of getting that opportunity. But also Brad has said, look, I'll play four or five wings at the same time. I think that's something that he's very interested in doing. When you don't have Danger or Hawkins on the floor, do you just go point guard and go RJ, Terrence Shannon, Ty Rogers, Matthew Meyer, and have that be your lineup? I think it'll matter depending on matchup and depending yeah. on how uh, that ultimately looks, but that worked well for Iowa, right? Like that, that the lineup of Chris Murray, Keegan Murray at the four and five, like that, that worked unbelievably well for them, especially towards the end of last year. Definitely. I know some are going to say, how do you guard Dickinson? How do you guard Zach Eady? Well, how does Zach Eady guard Matthew Meyer playing the five? So there, there would be the, the push and pull of, of that kind of a sense. But I, I think based on what we've seen on film and I, I, you accurately said, I mean, the competition's way different than what Illinois is about to face right off the bat in non-conference and then in the Big Ten. But this guy's got some talent. Like he, he's got some ability, and I think that if he were to play spot minutes this year, it wouldn't be surprising. And then beyond that, in terms of long-term, Coleman Hawkins is hoping to go to the NBA after this year, or it, if it's not this year, maybe next year. And, and he doesn't have a ton of eligibility left in general, so he's not going to be a long-term solution. Danger's got a lot. I think he's, what, three years remaining, <clears throat> or maybe even four, if you count the, the red shirt that he had at Baylor. So – uh, he's going to be in the mix. I think he compliments him well because he's more that slender, long, wiry, where Danger's a little bit more that big body. Uh, both guys are skilled and, and can put the ball on the floor and pass and everything. Uh, and then, yeah, Ty Rogers is that four man uh, who's going to be three or four uh, at Illinois. And I, I just think that when you think of Ty, that junkyard dog, that strong, that athletic guy, I think he compliments a guy like Perrin, who's not not saying he's going to be a bad rebounder because he's put up good rebounding numbers and he's got those long arms, but you kind of get that that nice physicality, which Merez is going to bring as well, versus uh, if you play that and pair that with a five-man like Perrin, who's going to have the skill and going to have uh, some of the other things. One thing I've loved about this staff since Underwood got here, and that there's two iterations of it, right, is is they're starting to get into these international recruitments. I know Matisse Vasile didn't work out, but it was interesting, right? It's like, oh, they have connections to a lot of different places. Benjamin Bossman's Verdonk, Chin Coleman in on that one. And he's turned into a, 
a rotational player, right, at the, at the high major level. So it was a pretty good find at the end of the day. Uh, and then Andres Felice, I know he's in Juco in, in the in the country here, but that was a good find. Like they start to have this Puerto Rican connection uh, with, with Orlando Antigua. And now, you know, you got Jeff Alexander with these connections in Europe. And, and you think of some of the best programs like Gonzaga, made its program really on, on international recruiting and Tommy Lloyd now at Arizona is doing it as well as anybody. Cause he did it at Gonzaga. Um, what, how, how deeply do you think Illinois gets involved internationally, Derek? What do you think that can do for the program? I think there's a big interest to continue this and how Jeff, I'm not going to say solely focus on international ventures, but I think that he'll really dive into that and, and we'll take a close look. And I think that I've heard next month when you have some live periods, he's going to go over for the FIBA world cup. I believe in Spain. Uh, so that's something that he's going to continue to look at. And if you have Tim and Chester, who between those two have done a really good job recruiting really everywhere in the United States, uh, if Jeff is going to be able to add a little bit of international flavor as well, th- there's really good players to be had. And you look at Arizona here recently when they had Kirk Ariza, obviously, as Azulis Tabellis, uh, Lori Marketing going back to the Sean Miller days. And then how about Michigan? Zach has had him for years. How about Michigan recently? The Wagner yeah. boys, uh, they just added another kid uh, that, that's a really talented uh, European player. So, I mean, Michigan's done this well. And that, that's why, I mean, Michigan's still recruiting at a high level. No matter what people think about Juwan Howard in Michigan, they're winning. Uh, they're recruiting at a high level. And it feels like Illinois and, and Michigan and Indiana right now are just recruiting at another level. And internationally, it just gives you another resource, Derek. It definitely does. And if you're able to bring in the type of classes that you've seen here recently with Illinois and then add in a, even if it's Zachary Perrin or that type of guy is going to be developmental and might take a couple of years or there's a chance where you add a splash, like some of the names I just previously mentioned and uh, have someone that's a really a high level ready-made talent to come over from international to the States. And it, there is a feeling and a hope and it's got to play out obviously that this is a type of ad that will help further Illinois relationships internationally and can maybe link them to another guy in, in future classes and just establish that presence. As you said, they, they've had that with Antigua and they've added some pieces and you can even throw Georgie in that mix as someone who was from overseas and, and played, you know, in New Jersey prior to going to Illinois. But uh, I think that now that shows, and you can, you can show that to recruits. Hey, we got a really diverse campus. We've had rosters that are, have players from all over Kofi, of course, Jamaica as well. So, uh, they can sell that. And uh, I think that now with uh, Jeff really getting into that and having his first edition with Illinois from the international market, I think that's something he can go back to and, and try to tap into some more. Well, Joey uh, was right that Brad Underwood would not leave three or four scholarship spots open. Uh, will he leave this one, Derek? Are they done for 2012 or 2022, 23? I think they're done. I think they... I think they'll stick to what Brad has said and, and just the opportunity of landing a mid-year guy and uh, seeing what that ultimately looks like. There have been some really nice pieces. They're hoping Dane Danger is one of those. We saw Oscar Shibway being a mid-year guy for Kentucky, and there have been a handful of examples. So uh, that will just – I think also as they start to think about Matthew Meyer is going to be gone, Terrence Shannon's probably going to be gone, maybe one of Coleman Hawkins or R.J. Melendez really pops and they're they're ready to move on. Maybe you find that kind of – impact wing or impact forward that is available at mid-year that they can just slot in and spend a year and brad really loves that semester that that second semester to get acclimated with the program learn the system get with fletch and then all of a sudden it's not like it's a new face in the summer that he has to teach everything to and they're brand new they they really get a chance to 
get it in, entrenched in that program. And it's kind of more of a seamless transition. And I think that Brad really likes that. Yeah, I think Brad liked the sit-out transfer, right? I mean, he's obviously doing well now with Shannon Meyer, some of these guys coming in. But the fact that you get some development time and really eight months, right, of, of development time, 10 months, a development time with somebody before they come in. And I also circled uh, wing, right? Like, I, I think that's what they'd be looking for is, like, the wing replacement probably for like a Terrence Shannon kind of body. If you can find somebody like that, who's, you know, hyped recruit, maybe doesn't work out where he's at kind of like danger makes a lot of sense there, Derek. So now they really get to focus on 23 where we'll see how many scholarship spots they have, but 24, this, this really seems to free them up Derek now where they can pedal the metal for the rest of this summer. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, they're not going to be worrying too much about the current roster. They can feel really good about the pieces they have in place. They can feel good about, the fact that a lot of guys can come back now they're fully understanding of, I think that's a conversation to be had. I'd be curious what they think as far as how many pieces do you need? I think it's something that they've been trying to figure out with in 23, how many spots are going to be open. But I think you're also, you know, combining that with, all right, we want some flexibility in the portal. If we are going to lose Terrence Shannon, if we are going to lose Coleman or, or RJ Melendez, do we want to replace that with a, a wing who's going to be a true freshman, or do we want to go out and have that flexibility to get an instant impact guy on the, in the transfer portal as well. But I think even another note for someone that wants to use all the scholarships and that I think it might've been even Brad or someone on the staff joking about, you know, everybody wants 13 impact players. Yeah. It'd be hard to sell a, another guy on coming in, someone that would really move the needle, someone that would really play a lot uh, based on what the roster looks like right now. So yeah, they can focus on 23. And I, I think that, Right now, I would say they probably take one or two guys. and It will depend on who they can get and how some of those dominoes fall. And I know we'll talk about one that will be on campus this week. But And then 24, we know they want a big class when you got the St. Rita trio available and ZZ Clark in that mix as well. And I think that just based on how the roster could turn over, if some guys go pro early, if you got some guys that don't work out, and, and ultimately like a lot of – most everyone is dealing with, if someone – doesn't play as much as they thought and they maybe hit the portal. I think 24 could be a really big class while 23 is probably more selective and they have been more selective in their evaluations. Yeah. I mean, there, there's a, there's a difference between, you know, using all your scholarships, having no flexibility and doing what Tom Izzo is doing, which is basically leave three or four spots open, I believe right now. Like I think Brad's, I think Brad's smart. I think that's, being flexible, not being like if a Shibway came available and you're not able to get him, or you know Mac Etienne a couple years ago, I don't know if they would have landed him, but they even have the chance to land him uh, at that time. Uh, I, I think it's smart to do that. Um, plus, yeah, I mean, adding another person, somebody's not going to be happy. And in 13, there's probably multiple people that that aren't happy. So I think he's being pretty smart about that. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news. You call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Think you know the Brooks Ghost? Think again. Introducing the all-new, better-than-ever Ghost 16. Now with nitrogen-infused cushioning for lightweight, supreme softness that feels good every step, every street, every single day. So go ahead, take your daily joyride in the all-new nitrogen-infused Ghost 16. It'll turn your everyday miles into everyday endorphins. Let's run there. 
Head to brooksrunning.com to learn more. All right, Derek, 2023, last week on the pod, we talked about Amani Hansberry is the go-to guy, and you're reporting he's going to be on campus for an official visit. That seems like a big deal. It is a big deal. Uh, a guy that, as we talked about, is very versatile at six foot eight. He's tough. He's strong. Uh, he's got an ability to handle the ball. He's just a very competitive guy who's tenacious and good rebounder, physical defender. And it seems like this thing is boiling down in terms of his recruitment and might be a decision might be not too far away for him. And I think that uh, it was reported that he's at Penn State today, that being Monday for an unofficial visit. He already took an official there early in the spring. He was on campus at Boston College for an official visit. He's been to Virginia Tech. Maryland hosted him for unofficial as well. And Maryland was jumping in late there here within the last month after seeing him at their team camp. And he did really well there. And uh, they're trying to, to make a late push. But Illinois getting what I think will probably be his last visit. And usually that bodes well. Uh, I know that it's not always the end-all be-all in terms of getting the last visit uh, and getting a commitment. But uh, official visit starting Tuesday and going into Wednesday for him and uh, someone that before AAU starts to ramp up again in July might make his commitment. So uh, Chester Frazier's done a really good job of keeping Illinois in position to make a big push. They watched him throughout the spring. They made that push. They had a really good Zoom call with him a couple of weeks ago. And uh, Brad Underwood and Chester Frazier out to watch him this past weekend out on the East Coast. So uh, that's one that you can really highlight and say Illinois is making a huge push for. They want to land, and uh, it seems like they got a decent chance to do so. Kudos to Penn State. I mean, they seem to have made him the, the top target, right? And, and I really like Shrewsbury, and, and it's closer to home for him. Uh, he's Baltimore native, right? Like, so that makes some sense. Illinois has got the the program though, right? Like that that's that's the interesting battle here is the the school that's believed in you for a long time, but also Illinois has now made him a top priority. Chester, Baltimore native, certainly is 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 pushed for him, Derek. So why why has Illinois made him like their top priority in this class? How do they see him fitting in so well? They see him as a guy that can play the four and also the small ball five. So if you think about Coleman not being here for the long term, most likely and uh, also, you're going to lose Meyer. I think that that's something also to consider. And uh, someone that could pair with Ty Rogers as a long-term piece in the front court. Of course, Dane Danger figures to be that as well. And it's just someone that he just can can be a role piece who's very egoless offensively. And he helps them with his ability to handle, with his ability to pass. Uh, as I said, you know, when I watched him in Louisville, had a game where he had eight assists. Uh, that's something that really opens things up for your guards and uh, defensively can be switchable. I, I think that's something that as you continue to look at this transformation of Illinois basketball, of, of him being able to switch on defense and be versatile in that sense, be a very good rebounder. And he's just, he's got a great um, leadership about him too. I, I think he, that's something that you just look at his profile and the, his, his makeup of, of what really drives him. He, he fits Brad Underwood basketball. He's very reminiscent of Ty Rogers in that sense. So as you're looking for a gritty type of team and, and a physical one, I think that he definitely uh, fits along those lines. And yeah, I just think he's a, he's a Chester guy. And yeah. I think that uh, it's, there, there is opportunity to, to be sold because I think you look at some other positions. If you look at guard, you could say, well, what if Sky and Jaden come back and sincere is what they hope him to be. There might not be a lot of opportunity or uh, you can p- pinpoint different positions in this class and say, well, there might not be a need. I think they, look at Hansberry and say, we can find a role for him because of his, his versatility. Uh, we've mentioned it with Danger, Perrin, 
Hansbury, Ty Rogers, passing, passing, pass. Like that seems to be a huge thing that Underwood is looking for. Why do you think that is, Derek? It just it helps for your guards to be able to attack the lane and, and be able to have a big man that's a threat to operate on the perimeter and do some different things and not let defenses just get so we've seen into the big 10, how it gets bogged down in the pain. And then it just, it's old school, old style, rock'em, sock'em robot basketball down there. And uh, the new age is having some big guys that can do some different things. A big guy that can put the ball on the floor a little bit, a big guy that can make a jump shot, a big guy that can have your, your wings slash and, and be able to, to cut and have the big man hit him. And, and then also you're going to see Brad Underwood run some spread this year. I think that's something that he still wants to be able to incorporate back into his half court offense. It's not going to be something they always run, but uh, I think that putting a big man in that pinch post area is something they want to be able to do. And you need a big man that can make decisions and make some reads and passes. And I think also pick and roll game, if you're going to short roll, you know, if, if a team decides, Hey, we don't want Jaden Epps getting in the lane because he's a problem. Once we get there, we're going to blitz him with our big man. Well, if you've got a, a big man who can catch on that short roll and put the ball in the deck or, or to make a pass, that's really hard to guard. That breaks down defenses and, and makes you all the more difficult to guard. I don't know if uh, the younger part of our demo knows the Rock'em Sock'em robots, Derek. Those, those were those were great back in the day. Did you ever have one? Yeah, man. Nineties <laughs> kids, right here. Well, you're you might be you're late eighties, right? So, well, born late eighties. I consider myself yeah, a late nineties. Grew 90s up in the nineties, so yeah. yeah, that's that's old school. Yeah, I don't know if the kids would be entertained by that nowadays. They got too much other things that that are really entertaining. So, not sure if they have that. So, if you have one, uh, shout out to you guys for having it. All right, Derek. Um, other than that, July recruiting period coming up, right? Uh, staff will be out on the trail for what three different periods, I, I believe it is. Like, um, it's just push forward, right? 2023, 2024 seems to focus now. Definitely. You're going to have one here. The second week of July is going to be one of the eval periods. And then later in the month, you'll have Peach Jam, of course, which is always a big deal. The, the big culmination of the EYBL event where you're going to have a lot of talented players. And I think that there'll be a lot of focus on whether Mean Street 16U can take home that Peach Jam title. And hey, maybe it'd be an easy sell of, hey, if Nojus and Moret or Noyes, for those that are getting on us for not saying Nojus, I'll have to figure that out in July. If Nojus is that's, actually That's Nojus your number one thing, to... because everyone around them called them Nojus when we were there. I, I understand the Lithuanian pronunciation is Noyes. So yes, we need, we need to ask them. That is like number one. Uh, because we were taking heat for it. Understandably so, because I didn't ask the kid himself. Yeah, other reporters will be there. What's your list? Where are you visiting? I just want to know, how do you pronounce your name? All right, I'm good. I've, uh, we, we figured out everything else. No no further questions. But Merez, James, and uh, Andrew Sidis, if those guys can win a title uh, at Peach Jam, then maybe Merez is like, hey, let's, let's win a Big Ten championship. Why don't you guys hop on board? But, yeah, they'll continue to evaluate, uh, continue to look at 23, uh, I think, We'll probably have a decision from Hansberry at that point. So if he comes to Illinois, how does that affect the rest of their pursuits? If he doesn't, do they pivot and, and try to make some other moves? Jazz Gardner being a five-man that they're continuing to look at. Uh, Trent here, a wing that can really shoot. I think they, if the right situation played out, I think a wing that could really shoot the three is something that they might covet and, and really make a push for. And I don't think that Illinois is too involved at this point with Cam Christie, but if Cam Christie goes crazy in July, maybe Illinois tries to do that as well. But uh, yeah, it's going to July is always fun with guys blowing up late and uh, seeing how guys are trending going into decision time and where they're going to take official visits. We'll 
figure that all out in the next month. And uh, if you're allowed at Peach Jam, you got to stop and get that hot chicken down in Nashville, right? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> that's that's the best. That's stop in Nashville. The Hattie B's. Sure. That's, that's, that's the stuff, man. Before I let you go, Derek, let's just reset this, okay? We entered an offseason where we had no idea what this roster was going to look like. Trent Frazier, Alfonso Plummer, Jacob Grandison, Austin Hutcherson are gone. Kofi Coburn goes to the draft. Bossman's Verdonk, Andre Curbelo enter the transfer portal. Of course, Grandison does uh, as well. Uh, probably missing something here too, but that's that's a lot of production. Pajimski. Pajimski. There you go. Um, he goes to the West Coast Conference, which I didn't see coming. You've added since then. Sky Clark, right? Uh, I know Ty Rogers, Jaden Epps, and Sear Harris were all on board, but you know Ty Rogers and Jaden Epps seem to have pretty good springs uh, for their own right. Terrence Shannon, a top 20 transfer. Some have him top 10 transfer. Matthew Meyer, top 20 transfer. Dane Danger has been in the program, but now he's going to be able to play. And now you add Zachary Perrin. That's some talent, man. Like that. That's that's one of the more like best resets I've seen in college basketball here recently. Of course, you have the Dukes of the world that can just add five-star talent. Let's take some solid players elsewhere as veterans. But uh, for, for a program like Illinois, that is that is one offseason of hitting on a lot of your top targets. Absolutely. And it is speaking to the opportunity in the transfer portal now. And now that your appeal is higher, being the success that the program's had here recently, the fact that you have Io in the NBA also and Tim Anderson's reputation for his development. I think the whole staff, Brad Underwood gets a lot of credit for what they've been able to do with, with this roster and, and guys getting better. And yeah, with, with Terrence and Matthew Meyer to come in as proven commodities as all league type of players and can be the focal point of your team. And then you got a really talented freshman core. And I mean, credit to them for loading up a guard because they knew that they were going to lose Trent and also Plummer, but for something to break as, as it did with Curbelo. And I know that they were thinking maybe he's not going to be here long-term because of NBA prospects and, and that whole kind of deal. But to load up a guard the way they did, to beat out Michigan State for a Ty Rogers, and uh, yeah, just across the board now. And, and even for as talented of a almost – it's almost July and you get someone of Zachary Perrin's caliber, now we got to see it right. come over to the United States and play out and everything. But like we were saying, I mean, this is not – the Matisse Vasile. This is not some of these other international additions they've made in the past. I mean, I know maybe it didn't fall Michigan's way, um, but there's Illinois to scoop up Terrence Shannon. They had their own good sell there too, right? You beat North Carolina and Texas Tech for Matthew Meyer, right? Like you beat North, like you beat some really good programs, UCLA, Texas, for Zachary Perrin. Like this is just a different world. And, and just think a year ago, Tim Anderson wasn't even on staff yet, Derek, like officially, like we we're hearing the buzz. He's probably gonna be the guy, but wasn't even on, like that was a dangerous time for, for this program to potentially lose momentum, right? Like there's, a, there's a possibility that doesn't go this way. And all of a sudden Illinois maybe takes a step back and we're predicting them to go eighth in the big 10 or something this year. And, and can they bounce back? Like I have little question given the talent on the roster, given the way Underwood's been able to develop and adjust. Like this program had a chance to do that, and kudos to Underwood for hiring the right guys and for those guys to produce. Chester, ridiculous on the recruiting trail, especially early. Then Tim Anderson's had the best recruiting year I've ever seen from an Illinois assistant, and now Jeff Alexander gets in on the fun. Full group effort now. I mean, everybody's. <laughs> contributing and like you were saying i mean brad deserves a lot of credit for finding the right pieces there's a way it goes if you don't get chester frazier say maybe chester's gonna say i'm gonna 
hang out at Virginia Tech until I get my head coaching gig and whoever you get next. Not to say, I mean, Illinois had a lot of appeal because of coming off the Big Ten title and and all the Big Ten tournament title, the one seed, I should say, and uh, the commitment that Josh Whitman made to giving Brad a lot of ammunition to go hire a very good staff. But at the same time, maybe you don't get someone that brings in Jaden Epps and Sincere Harris right off the bat. Maybe you don't get someone that is going to pull Ty Rogers unexpectedly. And then, oh, by the way, how about Merez Johnson, an early commit, one of the best early pledges for Illinois uh, that they've had in the last decade, if not the best. And then, yeah, I mean, Tim's connection to Matthew Meyer helped out a bunch. And Tim was connected to Terrence Shannon Jr. as well. And, yeah, now Jeff Alexander on the international front. So, uh, it's it's really worked, and, and Brad deserves a lot of credit for that. I'm glad you brought up Josh Whitman because you don't stop, right? You don't get complacent. You keep paying. <laughs> like when you have something yeah. good going, you keep investing in it, and it has paid off. Like he is, he's getting his return for it right now. Uh, it's, a, it's a fun time. Uh, we don't know what this is all going to look like on the floor. That's going to be the fascinating next thing that we get to cover at Illini Inquire. Don't know if uh, you'll be able to see these guys for a while all together. We'll hear some buzz, all that stuff, but it's going to be fun to see how this all develops. So Derek Piper, thank you as always, man, for, uh, for weighing in on what I think is the end of this class of 2022 and uh, what an eventful one it was. Oh, yeah, definitely was. We'll round up the pod if it's not. You know, we'll, we'll get this thing fired up emergency style if it's not. But I'm pretty sure things will calm down. But we'll have plenty to talk about recruiting in July and uh, some buzz that comes out of workouts and whether Matthew Meyer shows up with a mullet in a couple of weeks when he shows up to town. We still got the fingers crossed for that. Joey's going to be real disappointed if he does not. Yeah, he had it cut, man. I don't know how long you can grow that hair back there i'm not an expert on that uh, anymore so i'm not sure how quickly we can do it but that's that's the number one off-season story outside of noyus or no that whole debate we'll figure that out <laughs> Derek piper thank you buddy always fun man all right thank you for everybody for listening to the online inquire podcast give us a follow rating review wherever you get your podcast and of course check out online inquire for all the latest and you can become a vip member there for just one dollar for your first month if you have been You've seen Derek say that the Zachary Perrin thing was looking pretty good uh, during the last week or so. So thank you for listening to the Online Enquirer podcast. Everybody have a great day, and we will talk to you next time right here on the Online Enquirer podcast.